Welcome to Grasp the Sword. Join us as we discover our mission from God through an open discussion of significant scripture stories. Grasp the Sword is a part of Life on Purpose podcast. Please join this discussion with an open mind and heart. Welcome back to Grasp the Sword. Today we are going to start a new series for the next several weeks, and we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works, how the Holy Spirit works in our lives today, and really kind of dig into this a little bit more. We've, we've touched on it a few times in, in some of our earlier episodes, but we thought it'd be a good idea to to really dig into it and and get some things out of the scriptures that'll help us as we are, as we're trying to understand what the Holy Spirit does. You know, um, I know for me, growing up, the Holy Spirit was... He just he just talks to us through the scripture. He doesn't really do anything outside of that, and I really feel like that's it's it's completely accurate. God does speak to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Word, uh, but I think there's so much more that He does for us, and we want to learn about that. Not that we can place limits on God. I don't think that we can do that, but I definitely think that we can place limits on His impact in our life when we don't allow Him to work in the full capacity that He actually can. So that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at how the Spirit works, how He can work in our church, in our lives, in our community, in our world, and really excited about this. And today we have with us Randall Roby, and many of you know Randall. He's currently uh, teaching our Acts class, one of the Acts classes on Sunday morning. We're super excited to have you here, Randall. Thanks for letting me come. Absolutely. I did want to start out, before we get into our text and what we're going to be looking at, As we're talking about the Holy Spirit, can you just share a story of how the Spirit's worked in your life, either recently or just any any way that you'd like to share how He's worked with you? Yeah, I thought about this just as we were gearing up for for our session here. I I think everyone probably has got some some story that they can relate where uh, there's no no explanation for it, no answer for it, other than had to be the Spirit, had to be the Spirit involved. And... I'm, I'm fairly confident that there's probably several folks who will hear this cast or will be in our classes or, or that we meet each Sunday here at Skyline in our services that that have that story around their how I came to Skyline story. You yes. know, why am I here with this family in this place at this time? And and. Honestly and truly, I think that's the one that I wanted to to kind of share uh, as part of this. I I was uh, I was looking for a place to be fed. I needed something, mm-hmm. and 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 didn't I just wasn't getting it. Right, and I needed more than than what I was getting out of Sunday mornings, and and mm-hmm. I was looking for a place that. Uh, that I could fit in, where I could be plugged in, where I could be used, where I could work, um, where, where something would be, you know, so it could be a two way street, so to speak. Yep. And that first Sunday that I attended, it was actually an Easter Sunday. And, and as I looked around, there were a handful of people that, that I saw that kind of helped to confirm that, yeah, this is a good place that I needed to be. 
Um, I saw a childhood hero of mine uh, from that I remembered from camp. He was a counselor at camp and a teacher at camp that I'd grown up with. And he was actually just in town visiting family, but he happened to be here that, that Easter <laughs> Sunday, and here he was in this place. Yep. Um, my... <laughs> The one I'm going to call out by name, uh, uh, Miss Ginger Newble, came up to me and and she looked at me and she said, "Randall, there's there's no way you're going to remember me," and and I just looked at her and smiled and I said, "Miss Ginger, it's really good to see you again." <laughs> see, Miss Ginger was my my swimming teacher at the YMCA oh, when wow. I was a little kid, and and so uh, I had not seen Miss Ginger in 35 years. But yeah. I did recognize her immediately, and again, that felt very at home. Um, yeah. I, I knew the Pendergrasses. I, I, I knew so many people from here. Mm-hmm. And then after services that Sunday, uh, I'm kind of talking to a couple of people on my way out the door, and one of the shepherds walks up, and he slaps me on the back, and he said, Randall, he said, I, I don't, you and I don't know each other. We know who each other are. Uh, but we don't know each other. He said, but I just want you to know this. He said, I, whatever it is that you're looking for, whatever reason it is that you're here, just know that we don't tell the Spirit no here. <laughs> That's a and pretty amazing statement. That was a bold statement. And it caught me, and it was like, man, is that what I'm looking for? You know, I'm looking for a place that just won't say no. Yeah. That That's going to, wherever the Spirit takes us, that's where we're going to go. And and that was really for me very encouraging, and it was it was kind of the catalyst, and it was very much then over the next several days uh, in in prayer and consideration of, man, is this is this what I want to do? Mm-hmm. And then obviously the four corners time is is impressive, and you know that that is a, a great form of worship, and it does pull yeah. a lot of people. But it was that that idea of not saying no to the spirit as a church. You don't hear that a in body. a lot of places. You don't. Yeah. And, and so that was a. That was a big draw for me, and it felt like it was uh, someone saying they're not going to tell the Spirit. No, is in fact the Spirit working in my right. life telling me that, yes, that's where you need to be. Yep. That's that's a place that you want to attend. Uh, and, and so for me, I think that's a, that's a spot where the Spirit worked. And, I mean, obviously it's... You know, things have happened and, right. and we've gone through, you know, the weirdness that is 2020 and, yep. and all this other stuff to, to where now here we are in 2021, you and I are sitting down having this conversation that the, the yep. spirit has moved and he's done he a has. lot, but none of that would have happened without a slap on the back and saying, Hey, right. we don't tell the spirit. No, it's amazing how the spirit actually will talk through people. And that's something I don't know if, I don't know if you, where you came from with your, with your background, but that's. That's not something I would have really been taught, and not nothing, not putting down anybody that's in my past because there's a lot of great people in my past. Certainly, but there is a, it's just not something that I would have heard. It's no. not I would not have heard the spirit was talking through that elder to you that day, um, and I think, like I said, I think when we. I keep coming back to placing limits on God, but we're not placing limits on God. We're just placing limits on the impact He can have in us and through us. Right. I actually made this comment in class um, this past week, and uh, I'm not going to name dates because I don't want to mess up your uh, <laughs> mess up what we're doing here. But at the same time, it was uh, in in the Sunday morning class. I made the comment because we were talking about uh, the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and and there's so much more than just the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. But but there the is. miraculous, the big miracles and things that the Holy Spirit does, and we were talking about 
Paul's writing that, you know, where there are wonders, they will cease, where there are tongues, they're going to be silent, you know, all this kind of stuff. I, I've read that. I believe yep. that. Uh, I think Paul was inspired when he wrote it. I believe it 100% that it's completely true. Mm-hmm. I also refuse to tell God that he can't do something. Right. Yeah. And, and so that, that kind of leaves us in that, that space of, like you, I was raised... It was completely different right than you're right. It, it's it's the spirit goes in a box, mm-hmm. and and he's allowed to operate in this space. Right. And as I've grown, and as I've studied, and as I've read, and as I have come more into a relationship with God, I absolutely refuse to do that. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to to put those kind of limitations. Who am I to do so? Right. I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And and so that's. Do I, do I believe what Paul said was yeah. true? Absolutely, I do. Yes. I also believe that God can do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it. And he can, with the Spirit, do as the Spirit pleases. And I'm absolutely. not going to tell him no. So <laughs> Right. Just like go. he told you, we, we don't yeah. tell the Spirit no. Not going to tell him no. Not going to tell him no. I love that. That is amazing. And especially when you look back over, you, you mentioned 2020 and you know going into 2021, um, there's a lot of negative things that have happened in the last 18 months, but there's been a lot of amazing things. And when you really start opening your your eyes and your heart to what God is doing, you start seeing things. And it's just like, it's almost overwhelming how much he, he does. And that's just, maybe it's just because we're, I've, I've just really started down this road of, of really trying to open up and just in this, you know, in the last little bit, seeing these things. And it's just amazing how much there is. Right. Absolutely. There's There's no question. And that was the context of our conversation um, about the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit is there's the, I'm going to say this this way and don't, don't hear it negatively. Uh, the, the mundane daily work of the Holy Spirit right. that is still miraculous. It's mm-hmm. still amazing what he does, but it's not the, the big, you know, we're not right. parting seas. We're not raising dead. We're not doing these things that we look at and say, Oh, those are the signs. Those are the wonders. Um, you know, the, the work of the Holy Spirit, yes, those are works of the Holy Spirit, spinning the earth into motion in Genesis Mm -hmm. one and, and, and empowering the church and, and acts and all these kind of things. That's all work of the spirit. They're all huge works of the spirit, but working through one of the shepherds at skyline and coming up and slapping me on the back and saying, we're not going to tell the spirit. No, right. Is also the work of the Holy spirit. Absolutely. And that's also the encouragement of the Holy spirit. And that's, he's so diverse in, in what he does. Mm -hmm. And the idea that we have ever, or would ever choose to limit him is I repent for ever having done that. Right. Yeah. I understand that completely. So we haven't even got into the heart of our session, and we're already getting going. This is really good. And I know that you guys listening can't uh, see this. We don't have video uh, podcast yet, but uh, Randall is very excited about what he's sharing, and, and uh, uh, he's very passionate about I it. A little, I get a little animated. Right. And that's great. It's, again, the spirit working through. So um, we are, as we get into this, we're actually going to be in uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you in, Randall, is because you're one of the teachers of our Acts class. And as we were thinking about the Holy Spirit, I was thinking, uh, what a better place to start than when the Holy Spirit actually started working in the church. You mentioned a lot of things that the Holy Spirit is working the whole time. Uh, But in Acts, we get uh, a specific introduction into how the Holy Spirit was going to work through his church and through his apostles to spread the gospel. 
And I thought that would be a good place for us to jump off with this teaching of the Holy Spirit. The passage that we're going to be in today is actually from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. But before we got there, I did kind of want to, I like to set up the context for our passages. You know, we always want to set up the context. And because it's, you never want to take a passage in a vacuum. And so uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I was thinking about what was leading up to this point. Uh, when you get into Acts chapter 2, this is in the in the upper room where the, the Spirit's going to come on the apostles, and we're going to read about that in a few minutes. But as I was thinking about what built up to that, Jesus has been with his disciples for three years. And, you know, over the course of these three years, he's said several times, you know, I'm going up to Jerusalem, I'm going to be killed, uh, going to be raised again. Uh, and then there were several times where he talks about, don't be scared, I'm, I'm leaving you with somebody. Somebody's going to come and help you. And just to hit on a couple of passages, John chapter 14, uh, verses 15 through 17 and 25 through 26. John 14, beginning in verse 15, uh, he says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. That's one of the words that he uses for the Holy Spirit. I will give you Mm -hmm. another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. I think that's a... uh, highlighting something that's coming there, and I I love that. And then down in verses 25 and 26, he says, I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Uh, Those are two, that's two big points that he makes there. Mm -hmm. Uh, that that he's going to help you, he's going to tell you, and he's going to teach you, but he's going to also remind you of the things that I told you. I think that's neat because I think he still does that to us today. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, another passage very similar to this is John 16, uh, verse 7 through 13. Um, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes... He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because of the ruler of this world is judged. I I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Again, I think that, that point of, the, the disciples at that moment c- did not understand, and, and Jesus is almost saying, you, you really can't understand these things right now. Um, I think there's another passage where he was talking about his death, and it said the disciples just didn't grasp what he was saying at the moment. But later on, when they looked back, they understood all the things that had happened. And so you've got Jesus promising what is about to happen. He's promising what's about to come. Um, and then you get to... Uh, after the resurrection, uh, you get to a passage in Luke 24, and then a very similar passage. It's almost Luke saying the same thing again in Acts chapter 1. Uh, do you happen to have the Luke 24 passage? Yeah, so Luke 24, starting in verse 45, he says, Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said, and this is Jesus talking, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of 
give his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. Uh, There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And in the, uh, the Acts passage, <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, then verse 8, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard it from me. Uh, for John the Baptist, John baptized with water, but you be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so what you've got here is you've got uh, multiple times that Jesus has said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send this helper, this advocate. Uh, he's going to uh, He's going to remind you of everything that I've told you. He's going to be an advocate for you. He's going to be fighting for you. And and then he gets more specific after he's been resurrected. Uh, he's about to ascend into heaven, and he says, you know, he gives some very specific instructions. Not just sometimes it's kind of more general, but in this time it's very specific. He says, "Stay here in Jerusalem." Uh, you know, there's a couple of times where they wanted to kind of go back to their regular lives, but Jesus is saying, "Stay here, stay in Jerusalem, and be ready because I'm about to send you out, and the work that you're going to do is going to spread the word, the gospel." Uh, starting here in Jerusalem, then it's going to spread to Samaria, and then it's going to spread to the ends of the earth. But you've got to stay here and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's coming, and it's not, it's, and he, I think in the Acts here it says, in just a few days, uh, this is going to happen. And so you, that's the backdrop of when we get into Acts chapter 2, and, and right before we get into this passage, we've got uh, the passage where uh, the disciples, uh, cast the lots to choose Matthias, and so now we've replaced Judas, and we've got 12 apostles again, and then we get to Acts chapter 2, and that's where we get into the passage that we're actually in today. Uh, if you want to read through that, then we'll we'll kind of get into it. Sure. So Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. You had mentioned to me, uh, as we were talking about this, you really like this passage, you like the imagery that it created. Um, what really stands out to you as we as we start diving into this passage? What really stands out to you? So, there's there's a handful of things that that really stand out to me, and this is kind of like instead of instead of telling you what time it is, you have to build a clock here. You know, it, there's <laughs> right. so much to unpack with this, but uh-huh. like one of the things that I love about it is is how Luke. Luke has this love of birthdays, you know. Luke, mm-hmm. Luke loves the beginnings of things, he does. and so you you look at at the beginning of of Luke's gospel, and you know here's a thousand different levels of begats. You know, it's it's all the, the lineage of Jesus to get us from from David to Jesus and right. show us how we got to 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 have. Jesus now, yeah. uh, with the birth story of Jesus being so prominent in Luke's mm-hmm. gospel. Well, now we come over to, to Luke's second letter, and we talk about Acts, and it's the birthday of the church, and right. we have all this imagery now of the beginning of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, going even further than that, we can tie this back all the way to the beginning of everything. 
to, to yeah. creation itself. And, and we see the Holy Spirit in Genesis mm-hmm. uh, appears hovering over the waters yeah. and and yeah. and you see God calling out for light and, and all these things to happen and, and the Spirit is the one who empowers all that into, into existence. Yeah. And, and the Spirit's doing this work. Well, now here we are at the beginning of the church <laughs> Uh, and, and in the beginning of the church, we see the Holy Spirit coming in and hovering over the people and and filling them with power and, and launching out into this mission that, that God is now creating uh, mm-hmm. called the church. And yeah. that imagery to me of how it, it's just a powerful visual representation that our God doesn't change. Yeah, he's, he's the same God He the has whole time. shown us how he's going to do things. Which also then gives me vision, just like it did for for John. That what is it going to look like when Jesus returns? Right. The 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 Holy Spirit empowering the recreation of all things, and all of that imagery is tied up here at the beginning of Acts. There's so much to unpack with what's happening. One of the other pieces of imagery that I like is that statement that we see there right at the beginning uh, in verse 1, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Right. They were all together. They were there. They were present. They were present in the place. I do love the suddenly imagery. Right. That 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 again carries to carries to John's vision of 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 revelation mm-hmm. that that it's sudden that right. there's going to be the trumpet sound and it's the you know here comes and Christ here. and it's here here it is and and here all the believers are together in unity and suddenly the spirit fills the place. Right. Um, I, I'm picturing then again, so I've got, there's the future with what revelation looks like that John paints. Here's the present at Pentecost. Yep. If we look back to the history then, and we look at Genesis chapter one, God said, let there be. And, and there was, was, yeah, it was, it was instant. It was sudden. And yep. so again, what I was saying, the, the imagery of this scene is the consistency of God on display. Mm-hmm. Suddenly these things are happening. Unity is there. The Spirit is working. It is just a tremendous scene that, I man, I'm jealous. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm jealous that I wasn't there. But still, yeah. to, to just read it and to see it and to paint that picture in your mind as you look at it, is I think it's incredible. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, too, as you said that with the suddenly thing, they knew something was going to happen. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus told had them. told them something's going to yeah. happen in a few days. The yeah. Holy Spirit's going to come yeah, to you. Absolutely. But they had no idea how how it was actually going to practically take effect. Right. And I can't imagine they had any thought or imagination that uh, God would come upon them in this way. Uh, you know, when you think back to the the verse that says, you know, God can God is going to do things more greater than you can possibly imagine. I can imagine they're sitting there the same way. Wow, I had no idea. Right. <laughs> There's just a lot of imagery there. There's so much to this image that that you can tie to, and the spirit coming in in the form of wind or, or without having form, mm-hmm. there again ties to you know to to, the, to creation because it was formless. It and was void. formless and void, and the spirit was hovering over mm-hmm. the spirit over the surface of the deep. Well, here the spirit is hovering over the the believers. Right, it's um, a flame. 
as a flame, and John is writing in Revelation that the earth is going to be destroyed by fire. Right. I mean, there's just, I mean. So much imagery. Right. Yeah. There's just so much there that it just overwhelms you almost to, to see how Luke packs all of this in. To, to one sentence. One sentence. Four <laughs> verses. And we're, right. you know, and it's, it's unpacking all of that imagery into that. You know, when you're talking about the imagery, too, I thought about uh, when you, we talked about the way the Spirit came in and he's on the flames. I was, I was thinking about when Solomon built the temple. Uh, and I've, I've seen several things recently that are still connects the temple to creation and, and all this. But, uh, you know, Solomon creates the temple. They've got it built. They have a dedication ceremony. And, and 2 Chronicles 7, 1 through 3 says that fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the dedication of the temple. And the Spirit of the Lord dwelt in the temple among the people. Uh, don't exactly know how the spirit came in, um, but it says, you know, he fire came down from heaven, right. and I, I had that's the image I had when with the with the tongues of fire coming down, you know, the spirit just descending into the temple, and the temple representing that he was there with them, absolutely. And then you have First Corinthians three sixteen where Paul talks about, uh, you know, we're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so you know, in a very vivid. Uh, way just like he consumed himself and became part of the people with the temple and he became part of the people at the beginning here he's with us today too yeah absolutely and, and you know throughout scripture fire is seen and jesus even uses it and, and explains to people that that fire is a purifier uh, yeah. it, it's a refiner and, mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it empowers you know that's what gives light to the house you know he talks about a lamp yeah. and all these different things fire plays a, a big role uh, throughout scripture and mm-hmm. here the Holy Spirit appears like tongues of fire yeah that that he's not only purifying it's also empowering they're now going to be the light of the world that jesus told them they were going to be well he just lit them on fire so here (laughs) they go you know this is the the idea behind that 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 there's so much there that you can can unpack in that and you know the question you know why does he why you know why why show up that way um it made a big statement Mm-hmm. You know, it got everybody's attention. Yeah. Um, there was no questioning what had gone on. Uh, right. There's some stuff that happens later on in Acts where where the council has to acknowledge that. There's something uh, different. There's here. something, you know, we can't deny the miracle that's taking place. And, and you see the same thing begin to happen here. You can't deny the spirit appearing and, and making himself known in the place. You can't deny it. No. And I think when you were talking about it, it was very visible. Um, I think it was maybe in the next verse or two. Doesn't it say that uh, the crowds came because it caused such a commotion? Yeah. yeah. Or something along those lines. Yeah. In, in verse six, it says, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. And actually, that's worth camping out on for just a second. Yeah. That That, yes, the Spirit empowered the apostles to speak in 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 other languages mm-hmm. uh, the the speaking in tongues but every person heard in their own language and yeah. and so that is as much the miracle uh, as oh, yeah. the speaking in tongues people heard in their own language and so the people hearing was a big deal right. uh, that that we can't gloss over um it's also <laughs> It's also worth noting that 
the other thing that happens here is when you're filled with the Spirit, if you look to, to Jesus and his baptism, uh, when he was baptized, the Spirit descends like a dove. Mm-hmm. Uh, God speaks from heaven, which, by the way, that's kind of an impressive little <laughs> moment, you know. That uh-huh. We kind of gloss over too. We kind of gloss over that. Yeah. But anyway, Jesus goes off into the wilderness. He faces his, his temptations. But what happens from that, that's the beginning of his ministry. Right. So he's empowered by the Spirit, and so now he begins to proclaim. That's a, a natural outpouring of the Spirit being poured yeah. out on you is that you proclaim it. You have to tell people. It can't stay in you. Right. And so when you see the Holy Spirit appear here at Pentecost— one of the things that happens as a natural outgrowth of being empowered by the Spirit is they proclaim the message of God. Yeah. They proclaim salvation to the people. They, they can't help it uh, because they have been filled with the Spirit and it pours out of them now. And yep. naturally from that, though, <laughs> comes questions, also come bewilderment, mm-hmm. and quite frankly... Anger, you know, there's some folks that are not exactly thrilled. Right. Um, in fact, their reaction is they're just drunk. Yeah, they're just drunk. But there's also that that little bit that they can't explain. Yeah, it's we outside don't know how it the explanation. And you really see that later with the with the with the priest and there because they're like, we don't know how it's yeah. happening because these are just normal guys from yeah. Galilee. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't have no idea how they're doing this. Yeah, yep. yeah. And when you mentioned too the uh, you know the amount of people that were in Jerusalem, there, there's more than twelve tongues in Jerusalem at the moment yeah, yeah, uh, because this is just before Pentecost. Uh, people are I think people are still in town for from Passover, right? Because uh, they don't just come and it's not like yeah. us we go on a weekend trip and come yeah. back home. You know they're they're they've there been there. Right. They're they're camping out there. So you've got people from all over the place, well, and it says that each one of them yeah. hears. Yeah, and you have folks from. From the entire known world, yeah, and 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 Luke actually makes it a point to to mention that that there are Jews from every tribe and every nation that have gathered together in Jerusalem, and yeah. so everywhere in the known world is now present, and and we mentioned this a little bit uh, in in one of our class sessions in a in a group session that we were doing, and, and it's it's worth repeating. Um, it's it's not a it's not a pure connection. It's not a pure parallel, but it's worth noting. It's mm-hmm. at least it's at least a strong enough connection that you can that you can look at it and you can learn from it and you can see God at work in it. Uh, and that is that if we go all the way back to to Genesis nine in Genesis nine, we see the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. And, and the scattering of the nations and, yep. and all these kind of things, the, the scrambling of languages and all of that. Now here we have from, and in Genesis 10, what's mentioned in Genesis 10 is uh, the, the, the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, uh, and, and it talks about their descendants and what nations that they went to, you know, where yeah. they ended up and how they established these different countries around the world and, mm-hmm. and all these kind of things. Well, if you look at the list in Luke, uh, or that Luke writes here in, in Acts, and he talks about where people have come from yep. in, in Acts chapter 1, 
and you look at Acts 1 and Genesis 10, those lists start to match up. And it's like, well, that's kind of cool. Okay, so right. we've got the places where they were scattered have now come back, back together. together in Jerusalem. Why? Because God's fixing to do something big. Right. Because God's about to do something big. Something big happened back in Genesis where he scattered them out. Mm-hmm. Well, now there's something big that's happening. And it's that reunification that's happening through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ here they are, all of them in Jerusalem. And it's just, it's what Jesus said that we looked at just a few yeah. minutes ago, that it's going to happen in Jerusalem. That's yep. where it's going to start. And sure enough, here it is. You know, it's almost like there's a unifying force throughout the whole of the Bible that's yeah. pulling everything together. You wonder what that could be. It's, it's really, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, yeah. Maybe eventually we can come up with a name <laughs> for Maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll have a name, some kind of name yeah, for it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what it would be. Right. Uh, it, it is amazing to me that you can watch Scripture unfold this way and not see the unifying thread. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to watch. And that's why in the class that, that we're studying, the, the downstairs class, we're, we wanted to spend so much time focused on the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does mm-hmm. and, and how he worked to establish the church, to sustain the church, and to grow the church, and he's still doing so today. Yeah. Uh, that, that thread, I mean, it's, it's so overwhelming that it's worth our time. Absolutely. What would you say um, as we have this scene where the Holy Spirit comes very dramatically how does this set the stage for how the Holy Spirit is going to be working, uh, in particular through the rest of the book of Acts? Right. So big, bold moves, right? So the, the Holy yeah. Spirit's doing something really big. And we see another big, bold move of the Holy Spirit come just, just a little bit later. Um, with, with Peter and John, they go out and they encounter a guy who's, who's been lame for 40 years. And uh, they, they heal him. And, and people are, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, you can't do that. I mean, that's, you know, come on now. And so they end up on trial. They get arrested. They, mm-hmm. they go before the council, the Sanhedrin. The Sadducees are there. The, the Pharisees are here. Uh, here we are. You know, right. here, here it goes. You know, we get started. We're about to get stomped. Yeah, it, we're back again. And the way Peter and John handle that mm-hmm. is looking at them and going, dude, he's standing right there. Right. How can you say that nothing's happened? He's yeah. right there. And even the council then admits it. It's like, well, it's not a whole lot we can do because the dude really is standing here. Yeah. You know, he's right there. So just, we'll stop it. Right. Y'all, y'all quit. And just don't, like, don't preach in his name anymore. Right. And so they're looking at him going, okay, guys, time out. Y'all are the ones who have set yourselves up and said, we are the ones closer to God than you, the unwashed masses of people. You know, we are the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We are the council. We are the the ruling class of the Jews. We are better than you, and there is nothing you can do about it. We will tell you what you need to do to be closer to God. Right. Here's how you become a child of God and obey God and make God happy. And Peter and John look at him and say, are we supposed to listen to you or to God? And so it's left them looking foolish. Right. And and it's so funny how the Word of God has that ability, how the Spirit is able to make wise people look foolish. Mm-hmm. And here are uneducated men mm-hmm. who are looking at the council yeah. and saying, didn't you tell us we're supposed to do what God says? <laughs> and if God says, then why are we listening to you? Yeah. So that 
imagery is there. Fast forward just a second, they go back and they tell the other believers when they get released from prison, hey, here's what's happened. Their yeah. prayer is huge. Mm-hmm. So this prayer uh, that, that they pray, uh, they pray for boldness. They pray mm-hmm. that God would hear first. They say, God, he wants you to hear the cries that have come out against us. Hear the people who are going against what you are having us to teach. Give us boldness to preach against that mm-hmm. and stretch out your hand and perform miracles and, 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 and witness and so on so that there will be confirmation of our message. That's yeah. their prayer. The Holy Spirit is so moved by that prayer that the ground shakes and the place <laughs> is flooded again by the Holy Spirit and they're all filled again with the Holy Spirit and they go out and they preach boldly. The Holy Spirit has done big work. They get challenged they mm-hmm. face their first challenge yep. as a new church, as a new believers, and the Holy Spirit comes back and tells them, yeah, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. You're handling yes. that the right way. He confirms for them that that's what they're supposed to be doing, and he sends them on their way. So how does that set up what goes on throughout the rest of the book of Acts? There it is. <laughs> he has shown them time and time again, no, don't give up. You're going to face the challenge. When right. you do, pray that God hears it. Mm-hmm. Ask for boldness and then ask for confirmational witness, and you're going to yeah. get it. You're going to get it every single time. Now, how is that going to turn out? Is there going to be death? Is there going to be destruction? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. There's there going to be. There's going to be a bunch of it. It's going to hurt. Jesus himself said it was going to be bad yep. for Peter. Mm-hmm. It is, but, but the Spirit is there empowering them through the whole thing and throughout all of it. It's not about self. Right. It's about God. It's right. about pointing the story back to Jesus. And, and that's the mm-hmm. whole idea is they're pointing this story. Everything points back to Jesus every All single time. Every, every single time. Every mm-hmm. one of them points back to Jesus. Yep. And every time they get oppressed, they just they just spread out and go further. That's it. Go further. Yeah. Go further. Every time you try to squash it, it goes further. Yep. And every time something apparently bad happens... Something amazing happens out That's of it. That's it. That's it. Something comes from it. Yeah. There's growth out of it. Yep. And like you said, every every story they always point it back to Jesus. Every single um, time. Every every time. And uh, that, whether it's Peter, just, Paul. Incidentally, <laughs> there was a uh, uh, there's a guy who's an elder in a church uh, somewhere else, and he and I co-taught a class years ago. Uh, just studying the Bible as as a work of literature. So how do we read different parts of Scripture and all this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And we were each discussing with the class our method of reading and studying and so on. And and his, and this is not wrong. If this is your method of reading and studying, there's nothing wrong with it. I just this is just it ties to this, and it's so so coincidental, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That um, that it's worth telling about his is that I want to read scripture and I want to see what what is God saying to me here what what is how is he communicating with me what does the spirit want me to get from this passage that I'm reading mm-hmm. and my style of reading is a little bit different my style of reading uh any of scripture kind of I picked from Acts, honestly. That's where it came from. And that's the idea of no matter where I am in Scripture, I don't care if it's the the list of rules in Leviticus or, mm-hmm. or whatever, every single bit of it is I'm going to pick, pick up where I am and I'm going to run straight to Jesus. How does this get me to Jesus? That's yeah. what I want to know, wherever I am in Scripture. And you notice that with Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch that we're going to get to here a little bit later on, mm-hmm. 
that's exactly what he does is he hears the eunuch right. reading and he says, got it. Here's where we're going to go to Jesus from that. Right. This is how we're going to get there. Yeah. And, and so that to me, the work of the Holy Spirit, what is he going to do throughout the rest of the book of Acts is he's going to show people how to run to Jesus. Yeah. No matter where you are, here's how you run to Jesus. Yeah. And I... What is he doing in 2021? I'm getting ahead of you. What is he doing in 2021? He's teaching people how to run to Jesus. Yeah. That's exactly what he's doing yeah. is how do we get to Jesus from where we are right now? Yeah. And I like the, the, the story with Philip too. Uh, the other amazing piece of that story was um, the, the spirit told him where to go. Yeah. You know, he said, go here. Right. And be ready. Yeah. And this guy just happened. Just happens, just happens. so happens right. to be going just by happened. reading the Bible. Yeah. Just happened to. Just happened to. Uh, and like you said, it, it's amazing how he did take that passage and he just, all right, this is he's talking exactly about Jesus. Yeah, here's where we're going to go to Jesus from there. You you did skip ahead, which is perfectly fine because that's where Excuse I wanted me. to go next. Sorry. No, that's perfect. <laughs> I got uh, a little excited. You did get a little excited. That's great. Uh, and it, like I said, if you can't tell, he's very excited and very, uh, very passionate about this subject. So it. it's great. So 2021, we always wanted to go back to how is this going to affect us in 2021? Because this is 2,000 years ago, different right. time, different culture. But sure, how does it affect us today? I mean, we're talking about the Holy Spirit working. Um, you know, we've talked a lot. We've got elders. We've got teachers, preachers that are very specific in the Holy Spirit is driving these things. Right. Um, but how does that affect us as a church and individually? Yeah. One of the things that I, I've said in class and I... I want to say here because I want to get this out there as far as I can. And I, I understand from, from one of the people who was in class uh, this past week that it, uh, it actually did make it to four corners into a prayer that was offered up by them and a, and a shepherd during a four corners time. But I, I think it's important for us. Um, I don't think. I know it's important for us. It is important for us to look at how the – first century church, how the the believers in the early part of Acts reacted to opposition mm-hmm. and what they did when faced with it. And their reaction to opposition was not, God, what do we do? Help us, give us protection, you know, don't let us be burned at the stake. Don't you know, don't let us be persecuted, you know, all these kind of, that was not their prayer. Right. Their prayer was, God, we want you to hear what's coming against us. Just hear it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that in and of itself carries a lot of weight that when you ask God to hear something, you're saying, God, turn your ear to this, pay attention to this, see what's happening, hear this. So God, hear the opposition that we're facing, and then give. God is a giver. Our God is a giving God. And so their their ask of God was make us bold. Yeah. Make us bold in proclaiming your word. And, and then the third thing was do signs, do things to mm-hmm. show that you're working. Well, I think a demonstration of unity in the church is in fact a sign from God that the mm-hmm. spirit is moving. Yeah. 
when you see a body of believers come together and take care of one another's needs, when you see a body of believers gather together and cry together and Mm -hmm. pray together and feed one another and rejoice with one another in happy times, all those kind of things, that is demonstrating the presence of the Spirit uh, within a place. And so what is it we can take and apply in 2021, the rest, what little bit there is of it left, and, and on into whatever time God gives us, we need to ask God to see the opposition, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Yes, because it's there. It's there. See it. Hear it. Mm-hmm. And give us boldness. Yeah. Because we don't ask for that a lot. No. No, yeah. we don't. We ask for protection. We ask for ways out. We ask for you know, do away with the problem. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think stood out to me from, from the, the early church. They didn't pray that the opposition would go away. No. Uh-uh. They said, give us boldness to preach against it. Right. You, you know, help us Knowing be strong. Knowing that it was going to cause It's going to cause worse. It's going to make things worse. Yeah. Just give us boldness. Yeah. We don't pray for that. Yeah. And, and so I don't pray for that. There you go. There's confession. I right. don't pray for that. Mm-hmm. I pray that someone else will deal with it. I pray that that God will take it away. Yeah. And I'm ashamed of that. I should be praying for boldness to to stand yep. against whatever that opposition is that's coming against the church. And there is what we should be doing to apply for the rest of this year and into next year is asking God to see and hear the oppression and give us boldness and then show that the Spirit is alive and working in this church. And if we're praying for those three things, I think you'd be amazed at what he does here. Yeah. And I thought I was thinking, too, when you were talking about this a second ago, how they were asking for boldness. They were asking for boldness in the midst of uh, James being killed. Uh, Stephen being martyred, uh, Christ, you know they, they're seeing friends and family being arrested and hauled off to jail and probably never seen again. And uh, their prayer, like you said, was not just protect us. It was give us boldness to face this, work through this, and help us to become better because of it and to spread your word out wherever you want us to go. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And that's, man, if we prayed that kind of a prayer as a body, mm-hmm. uh, as a group of believers here at this place, as those who listen to, to this podcast. If anyone who is who is hearing this has the ability to get out on their knees and pray that prayer, think about what the Spirit's willing to do. It is a dangerous prayer, though. It is. Um, it because is. Because you have to, if you ask for it, you, you better be ready, be ready, ready to, you better be ready to do it. Yeah. Uh, we, one of the things we talked about recently was uh, Samuel and he had that same thing, you know, he said, uh, you know, speak, I'm listening. Yeah. And he, he had to be, and he was a little kid, Yeah. you know, but he had to be ready to take on, he took on a huge task. He did. He and did. so it's the same thing with us. Isaiah we, was in that same boat. Yeah. Uh, here am I. Yeah. And it's that, that I, okay. <laughs> then, <laughs> All right, then, here, I got it. I got, a, I got something go. for you. Yeah. Then yeah. go. And, yeah. and so, yes, we, we do. And so the question then becomes, instead of <laughs> instead of what does the Spirit do, this, the question then becomes, how do we make ourselves ready? Mm-hmm. How do we make ourselves ready for that? And 
what we're doing right now is part of it. That prayer is part of it. Yep. Studying the scriptures, making ourselves known, mm-hmm. uh, doing work in the community. Yep. Um, we talked in class again about uh, the the difference between slapping somebody on the back and say, you know, be warmed and filled and not actually meeting their needs. Right. If we're not helping the community, uh, then then we're not doing anything. We, we're yep. not fulfilling our mission. You know, there, there's got to be the... The physical manifestation of being filled with the Spirit is that we are going to reach out mm-hmm. to those around us. We're going to reach out to the community. And in so doing, we are going to meet opposition. Yeah. Going to happen. Now, you know, welcome to, you know, here in Jackson, Tennessee, mm-hmm. are we going to be, you know, burned at the stake for preaching Probably Christ? Not. No. Yeah. But, but... We are going to get called names. We're going to get made fun of. Mm-hmm. We're going to have whatever else that comes along with it. There's going to be opposition to it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be prepared for that. Yeah. And the only way to prepare for that is to uh, be in the Word, That's be it. studying, be Constantly. listening. Uh, you can't you can't go off of uh, an hour once a week. No. No, uh, you'll starve to death if that's all the time you're getting fed. Yep. So you, you have to be in it, yep. and you have to be you. And the only way to open yourself up to really what this, I mean, the, the 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 church could not have opened themselves up to the spirit if they had not been uh, on their knees, like you said, on their knees, praying that prayer, uh, listening to the the apostles feed them yeah, constantly. Absolutely. They would not have been able to do what they that's did. What, that's what Luke says is they were devoted daily to the to the apostles' teaching. I mean, they were they were right there in it. They wanted more. Mm-hmm. That's a condition right constantly. there. So uh, do you have any final thoughts before we uh, finish Ooh, out? Oh, man. I mean, we had a lot of thoughts there. I had a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> you know, the I guess the, the best way that, that I can think of to, to close our time is, is really – with that same thought of praying to be open to the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess closing it the same way that uh, that I opened, and that was with uh, the story from one of our shepherds, and that is, uh, consider this me slapping you on the back <laughs> and telling you we don't tell the Spirit no here. Yeah. And so open yourself up to telling the Spirit yes Yeah. and watch what he'll do. Yeah. Open yourself up, and when that crazy thought comes into your head of, why would I do that? Go yeah, with it. Go with it. Yeah, go with it. God's working something through you. Uh, there's a lot that He's doing. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, if if you will close aside in a prayer, then I've got just a closing sure. blessing that we finish out with, and we'll be good yeah. to go. I, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, I've loved super it. enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, let's let's pray then. Uh, God, we love you. We we love you. We love your Son. Uh, we love your Spirit. Uh, God, we we're going to come to you in in. We're asking for three things. We ask that you that you mm-hmm. hear the opposition uh, that is there in the world. Uh, we ask that you give us boldness uh, to speak your word in the world. Uh, and, and we ask that you do signs and wonders through us, whatever that may be, to demonstrate that you are God and that you are on the throne and that you are in control. Uh, your spirit moves through us, in us, and in all throughout the world because of us. God, we love you. We love your son and we love your spirit. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And our our closing blessing is be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be on guard, be strong, be courageous, stand firm in the faith and do everything in love. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Have a great week. Thanks, Randall. Thank you. 
Thanks for joining us as we seek to know more of God's purpose for our lives. The Life on Purpose podcast is brought to you by Skyline Church of Christ in Jackson, Tennessee. Visit skylinechurch.com to learn more of what God is doing in our lives. Thanks for listening.